Rhode Island employers to consider implementing a similar policy. This is a matter of public health. We want to stop the spread of this disease. I recognize it is an extreme inconvenience. And I am personally asking all employers in Rhode Island to consider that policy or similar policies to the extent you're able to make sure that folks who have been exposed, who have traveled, who feel sick, are able to take the time off that they need so that this disease does not continue to spread. I'm also calling on all high schools and colleges and other large organizations to cancel organized trips abroad. To be clear, that is different from, you know, a single person or family traveling. But these are organized trips. 10, 20, 30, 40 people going together to travel abroad. For now, I think it's prudent, and I am calling on high schools, colleges, and other organizations um, to cancel or to postpone those trips. Uh, I have this week myself spoken uh, more than once to Vice President Pence. We are in constant contact with the CDC. I am in very close contact uh, daily, actually, with Rhode Island's federal delegation. And, I don't know, hourly contact with the Department of Health. I want to assure the people of Rhode Island that we, right now, have an incredibly coordinated and robust, evidence-based response to coronavirus. The risk is low. And I ask everyone to continue to be vigilant. I've stopped shaking hands. I'd ask you to consider doing that. I know it's awkward. It's, it seems a little different. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Don't go out and buy masks. Please, we need to save these masks for our healthcare professionals, and they're not going to help anyway. So uh, we have a good response. The response is ever-evolving. We are monitoring it on a daily basis. We'll continue to change what we do based upon how the virus changes. In the meantime, I'd say stay informed. Number one, stay informed. Number two, be smart about it. Limit, you know, do everything uh, responsible that you can. And especially, you know, it might sound simple, but proper cough etiquette, coughing into your arm, not sharing food, not sharing drinks, and making sure to wash your hands. Last thing I will say is um, the hotline here, and this will be repeated many times, and I would ask members of the press to please help us get the word out. The Department of Health hotline is 401-22-8022. 24 hours a day. If you're not sure what to do, if, you, if you're not sure what to do about a patient, about yourself, about closing a school, about a, any, you know, big public event, 222-8022. We'll work on it together and we'll help you make the right decision. 
I want to ask Dr. Alexander Scott to say a few words, and then we'll answer any questions. Good morning. Thank you, Governor. Thank you in particular for your leadership in this and for your support. This is a situation that has been shifting quickly at the international and national levels, as well as here in Rhode Island. We greatly appreciate your help in getting the latest information to people in Rhode Island. That is the best tool we can equip our Rhode Islanders with. As I've said previously, we fully anticipated having cases of COVID-19 in Rhode Island. We were not at all surprised. For that reason, we're sharing today the expanded response structure in place to take the steps that the governor and the Rhode Island Department of Health are announcing. You already heard the governor reference the workplace policy, and I really want to credit the governor and Brett Smiley for being in the lead in how we are working with our state employees to encourage those who have traveled to China, Iran, Italy, South Korea, or Japan within the last 14 days to self-quarantine when they return to monitor themselves for symptoms during that 14-day period to make sure that they are symptom-free. This is something that we are encouraging all employers to consider because it is an effective public health tool that we can activate together. You've also heard that we have been coordinating very closely with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for the last several weeks. During our last call with them on Tuesday evening, we had discussions about being able to expand that support. And by yesterday morning, they were here in Rhode Island, a full team of officials, five persons from the CDC's Epidemic Intelligence Service that are now embedded with us at the Rhode Island Department of Health in really building our capacity to respond to this emergency event. They are helping with contact tracing, decisions made with schools, and helping all of us to understand what we can learn during this time. It really puts Rhode Island um, center stage and on the front lines with getting the latest information with the CDC here in our state, activating our forces. We have also been in close coordination with all healthcare providers and healthcare facilities, including hospitals, nursing homes, and others over the last several weeks. For that reason, we are able to quickly get the visitor policy into place on limiting visitors as soon as we felt the need arose. We've actually, in consultation with all of the hospitals and skilled nursing facilities, been able to pull together a poster that we have for all visitors and their guidance to help limit the spread of infection and to help ensure that all of our healthcare facilities are monitoring people for symptoms in advance of uh, visiting certain facilities. This really helps to reiterate our message. If you are experiencing symptoms 
of any kind of illness, particularly respiratory illness, and you are stable enough and fine enough to recover at home, please do so. Please don't go to work or school, and please do not visit healthcare facilities such as hospitals or skilled nursing facilities where there are potentially vulnerable populations. This is a place where all of us can work together to make a difference. We also have had a team in place ready to respond as we have had to do regarding the St. Raphael Academy trip to Italy. I want to briefly recap that overall situation to help us understand how rapidly evolving this is. When the group from St. Ray's went on and returned from their trip to Italy, at that point, Italy was not part of CDC's guidance for evaluating COVID-19 cases. That actually occurred since they have returned. However, because we have known how this situation has been evolving so quickly, we had the person who later became our first positive case tested as quickly as possible at our state health laboratories in Rhode Island. And we started monitoring for illness among all the other travelers anyway in advance of CDC announcing Italy as one of the um, areas of concern that we should evaluate. Because we were monitoring for illness, we were able to get the second person, the teenager, tested and then work with school leadership to get the school appropriately closed. As the governor mentioned, we have very much appreciated St. Rayfield's leadership, cooperative um, actions, and quick responses. We have found that to be the case with all of the school leadership throughout the state. We've communicated with them regularly. The Rhode Island Department of Education is extremely active um, and collaborating and providing guidance for them with our support. People in Rhode Island can know that there is a strong coordinated effort occurring in this rapidly evolving situation. Additionally, we have held dozens of calls over the past week to keep schools, school leadership, mayors and other community partners as informed as possible. And we will continue to do that, knowing how quickly things are changing and understanding the questions that are out there. In terms of where the numbers stand, we have been and will continue to update releasing data um, each day on the numbers that we have. For those numbers where it is evolving quickly, we prefer to use approximate numbers, but we want to make sure that you have the information. I can say that we have two positive COVID-19 cases in Rhode Island at this time. A third positive case was announced by the Massachusetts Department of Health earlier this week, and all three of those have been associated with the one trip to Italy. These three people are two staff people at St. Raphael Academy and one student. Another individual who went on that trip, who was a staff member at Achievement First Academy in Providence, has tested negative. As we've mentioned, in total there are approximately 200 people who are self-quarantining right now because they have had direct 
face-to-face contact with someone who was positive for COVID-19 and demonstrating symptoms. Over the last few days, we have heard from people who know one of these 200 individuals and are now concerned. We totally understand those concerns. If you know one of those 200 and you want to understand what you need to do for yourself or for your family. It's important for people to understand and we'll continue to share this message so that um, it's something that people can um, understand and process. Just knowing someone or having spoken to someone in the recent past who is now self-quarantining does not put you at risk. Just knowing someone or having spoken to someone in the recent past to someone who is now self-quarantining does not put you at risk. If you were with someone who does not have symptoms, the risk of transmission is very low. Another important message for the public is that while Rhode Island has the testing capacity it needs because of our state health laboratories expediting the capacity to be able to test locally here in Rhode Island, people without symptoms should not be tested for COVID-19. Testing people with no symptoms is not recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and it alters the accuracy of the test. The test works best when it is performed on someone who actually has symptoms that is consistent with COVID-19. That's an important message for our members of the public to understand because we have recognized the questions, why haven't you tested an entire school or entire entity? We want to make sure that we are using the test most accurately so that we can respond to the most accurate information as we provide guidance for the leaders of the state. If someone does have symptoms, I want to review again the process that was shared. If you do have symptoms and you are concerned about COVID-19, please call your health care provider. We are working closely with healthcare providers. It's important for you to know that you must call your healthcare provider and not just go to your healthcare provider facility. We want you to call beforehand so that the healthcare provider can talk with you and understand your level of severity. That healthcare provider will then be calling us through a specific number that we have available for healthcare providers different from the COVID-19 hotline. We have clinicians ready to engage with healthcare providers and to support them in working with that patient to provide the best treatment and evaluation response that that patient needs. We have a coordinated system. We have been working very hard to build up the capacity to have that so that patients do not need to just show up at healthcare providers' offices. We can support you together. So it's very important that you understand that. The COVID-19 hotline is available for everyone who has general questions about COVID-19. 
you want to understand a little bit more. That is available for the public. That phone number is 401-222-8. All right, hold on. Point. Having respiratory symptoms does not necessarily mean that you have COVID-19. That's why the number one message is if you are having respiratory illness, please stay home and don't go to work or to school or to any of the other types of events such as visiting in a healthcare facility that we discussed earlier. If you are concerned about the severity of your symptoms, we are here to help. That is when you should call your healthcare provider to talk through those concerns and your healthcare provider will work with us to help determine the best response for you. We want people to know that a system is in place to support you, and we want to do that in a way that keeps everyone as safe as possible and minimizes spread of illness. So I'm going to take a moment to reiterate some of the prevention messages that we have um, been working to share, and we appreciate you continuing to um, get those messages out. We do still encourage you to get your flu shot. It's helpful for you as well as for the people around you. I will clarify that the flu shot does not protect against COVID-19, but the flu shot is a very effective preventive measure to help keep people with the flu outside of the healthcare setting. It makes it so that it is much less likely for someone to have to be hospitalized with the flu. So getting the flu shot is a very effective tool. Also, please continue to wash your hands often throughout the day. We can't overemphasize the value of it. It's probably the most important approach that you can take as an individual and on behalf of your family to encourage the children to be able to do this. Use warm water and soap. If soap and water are not available, you can use alcohol-based hand gel. Also, please continue to use good cough etiquette. Cough or sneeze into your elbow. Viruses can spread by coughing or sneezing on other people or into your hands without washing them. These seem like basic messages, but they are critical to helping us all during this time. It's also helpful for us to acknowledge the children. Many children are seeing what's going on and they're afraid. They also need help processing how to respond to this. These simple, clear messages are tools that you can give children on what they can do to help participate in this response. We can teach children how to cough into their elbows. We can encourage children how to wash their hands. Also, please continue to emphasize the message to stay home from work or school if you are sick. That is something that is critical. As you are hearing, the number one way to spread infection is to be exposed to someone who has symptoms. A number one way that we can help limit the spread of illness is to make it so that people who are sick stay home from work, from school, from visiting 
public settings, from visiting healthcare facilities. That is the best way to minimize the spread of illness. Also a helpful tool, something that's important for each of us to recognize is avoiding touching your eyes, nose, or mouth. Germs spread this way, and as human beings, it's something that we do naturally every day. So think about how to continue to minimize that. That's something that I'm thinking about as well in reminding ourselves. Other simple things similar to what the governor shared, um, minimizing shaking hands. You can come up with other creative ways to do elbow bumps or fist pumps or kick and tap feet with each other. These are ways that we can all get involved and help minimize the spread of illnesses. Keeping surfaces clean is also a helpful preventive tool, especially bedside tables, surfaces in the bathroom, toys for children. Clean them by wiping them down with a household disinfectant. You can do that on as regular basis as you would like, up to daily even. I also want to let people know we continue to be here if you have questions. We understand that there are questions. We are doing our very best to make sure that we have the robust system we can to respond to those questions for the everyday people in Rhode Island, to the leaders who are responsible for helping to provide your health and safety. Please spread the word about the dedicated COVID-19 hotline that the Rhode Island Department of Health has. That phone number is 401-222-8022. That's available for general questions on COVID-19 that we can help respond to. After 4.30 p.m., people with questions about COVID-19 can also call 211. We are working closely with them and we very much appreciate their activated support. There's also the opportunity to write us with questions. You can email us at rido.covid19questions, plural, at health.ri.gov. You can also visit our website at www.health.ri.gov, COVID, C-O-V-I-D. We want to be here in any way we can to provide the information that's needed. We know that staying up to date is the most important way, along with the other measures that we've talked about today, to be able to respond during this time. It gives us tools to ground ourselves and help uh, process all that's going on in this time of many questions and unknowns. So we are here with you and we will get through this together as Rhode Islanders. Thank you. With that, I want to open it up for questions. Director, um, does the state have enough tests for everyone, whether or not that a person is symptomatic or asymptomatic? If they want to get tested, are there enough tests regardless of the outcome? Folks, you're listening to live press conference Rhode Island Department of Health. Yes, Director. we do have enough tests On the here Street in Rhode Island, communicating with our state health laboratories director, Dr. King, almost hourly as well. We are also expecting additional tests to arrive from CDC this week. Do you have any indication that anybody else, I know you've got some tests out, is there any indication that more people who are on the trip are getting sick, feeling sick, or do you think that if they were on the trip and come home and aren't feeling sick, they should feel safe? We are doing a robust contact tracing um, uh, program 
for those who were on the trip. We are in communication with those who were on and um, working with any who have symptoms. Right now, we have a very good understanding of who has symptoms and who doesn't and would have tested anyone who does. So people who have returned are doing well overall. Our CDC team is also here to help um, confirm and verify that as we continue to evaluate on a daily basis. To follow up on that, the other day you mentioned one person who uh, was symptomatic we had to track down 40 people that that person had come in contact with. How daunting a task is this to follow up with everyone that everyone coming in contact with? We have a team who has prepared for this for years and weeks. This is what we do. It is an extremely extensive program to do, to reach out to individuals, to talk to them, to make sure they have the information, to support those that need to be quarantined. Um, and if someone has symptoms, to respond to that and do the next level of contact tracing. With schools involved, it has increased exponentially. It's why the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is here with us. Um, and we have been uh, activating all of our resources to respond and feel comfortable with um, the response that we are applying. It is um, ex extensive. What does that mean, all of your resources? The National Guard? And oh, no, all of the folks who work on this on a regular basis, our expanded team, in addition to the Centers for Disease Control, who's here with us. They have been pleased with the responses that we have seen, and we're continuing to um, conduct those uh, efforts. Doctor, is this considered a, a, a hot spot nationally for coronavirus? Rhode Island itself, we've, with two confirmed cases, I would not consider us a hotspot necessarily for COVID-19. We're certainly in the forefront in terms of our response, and we are certainly one of the few places that has this level of involvement with schools. And so everyone understanding how closely we're working together with Department of Education, how responsive everyone is, having the CDC team here as well, we have all that's in place to be able to respond to that. California declared an emergency. Do you consider that would have any value to declare a state of emergency? We've absolutely considered it. We um, understand and follow the governor's leadership on the best way to approach it. We want to make sure that it's um, balanced with uh, the best science and evidence to do it. We do not currently have widespread community transmission at this time. Other jurisdictions are tending to use that as a consideration for when you need to activate um, uh, an emergency, a public health emergency. Director, how has the cooperation been from the 200 people that have been 12 self-quarantined? How are you guys making sure that they're not going out, running out against the milk or something? The cooperation has been excellent, and that's why I really want to echo what the governor uh, shared. Those who are under quarantine are our unsung heroes. They are people who recognize that being able to stay home for these 14 days during this time to monitor themselves for symptoms helps protect all of us as Rhode Islanders. So the youth who are involved and the students, the families, their parents, everyone understands they have worked with us and we need to acknowledge them and celebrate them for their willingness to do this on behalf of all Rhode Islanders. It is a heroic effort and it's an important one to help 
reduce the spread of illness. I don't want to know a poor family. Let's say a family, they had to stay home for two weeks. They say, how am I going to pay my rent? Who's going to help me out pay my rent? Working a poor family to stay home for two weeks. Is any help available for them? It's an important question. The governor has this as a top priority. We are very cons concerned and doing things to address it. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you for that question. This is something that we are, um, it's a, this is a real issue and one that weighs on me. I brought it up with the vice president. I have brought it up with our congressional delegation. Uh, I am right now uh, trying to assess what steps I can take here in the state of Rhode Island as it relates to um, unemployment insurance and uh, temporary disability. Uh, I have been in contact also with uh, labor union leaders who represent large groups of low-skill workers who are in contact with people, think hotel workers. Uh, at the moment, I am, first of all, imploring employers to do the right thing on this. I am asking every employer in Rhode Island, small and large, to do the right thing. Let folks take the time off that they need if they are sick or if they need to be quarantined. Make sure that their job is there for them when they return. Allow them to discharge their sick leave even if they are not sick but they're home for quarantine. Additionally, uh, we're working very hard to see what more we can do to make sure that, first of all, people are um, have the economic incentive to do the right thing. And secondly, that people are able to pay their bills and live. I'm very, very focused on it, and we're going to continue to respond to it. Governor, are there any measures which you could take if someone were just to say, I'm not going to stay in quarantine or I'm going to buy face masks, essentially not cooperating with everything that's been put forth here? Yep. Short of a state of emergency, is there anything mm -hmm. that you can do to try to reveal in the public if there's cooperation? You know, we're not there yet. At this point, it is... It's voluntary, okay? So we are asking folks to do the right thing and to stay home. I would say if you are at home and you are quarantined and you need help, you should call us. Call the hotline if you need help getting groceries, if you know, whatever help you might need. Because it's in everybody's interest that people who are quarantined actually stay home. Uh, over time, if I deem it to be necessary, if we have an outbreak in a particular community, if we have re if we have a thousand people in quarantine and have reason to believe that they're not doing what they're supposed to do, then I would consider exercising greater powers. Um, but right now it's voluntary. I'm taking it a day at a time, a step at a time, and I have no reason to believe that we have a big problem. Governor, how many employees, state employees, went to those five? This is Governor Raimondo live press conference on the John DePietro you show. Know? You don't know. I'll let Brett try to answer them. At this point, we don't uh, have any reports of state employees having traveled to a CDC level three designated. Uh, but we are encouraging all employees to report to their supervisors any travel in the last 14 days uh, and then on an ongoing basis until further notice. Uh, but we do not have any employees that have currently self-reported a uh, visit to those uh, countries. But the policy will be implemented today, so we'll be looking for new conversations with their supervisors by the end of the day. Are you monitoring any situations or have any concerns about any situations other than the St. Grace trip? Or is everything basically, in terms of the people who are self-quarantined, directly connected to that in some way? Certainly the... Um 
the, the cases that we have that are positive and the um, ones that we have shared are directly related to St. Ray's. The extensive contact tracing work that we have talked about oftentimes will lead us to understand additional uh, information. And knowing that it wasn't only St. Ray's people who traveled on the trip uh, to Italy. So, and we're continuing to evaluate and work with our healthcare providers if there are any other concerns or questions that come through or other trips that we have learned about. What's the status of the uh, two people who have tested positive, the teacher at St. Brace and the student? Uh, the one who is hospitalized continues to remain clinically stable. The student is, has recovered and is doing well. Doctor, can you talk a little bit about what these additional testing sites will look like throughout the state? Does it go through the same protocol of contacting the Department of Health, at which point the department will then um, give instructions to the individuals to get tested? Is this not a public-facing testing option? Is it still controlled through the Department of Health? Will that information be made public? You said that perfectly. This is not a public facing testing option. This will continue to be controlled through the Department of Health. We have expanded capacity so that as we are instructing people who need to be tested, we are making it as um, easy and approachable as possible for the people who are involved while also helping to protect our healthcare providers, particularly in the ambulatory setting and our primary care providers. They are working extremely hard so we want to help protect them, minimize the number of people that have to go to those facilities. They are coordinating with us at the Department of Health, and we have sites set up that will be available and a robust program to help um, be able to reach those people instead of them having to go to the healthcare facility and exposing healthcare workers who we need to continue to be on the front lines. Laura, how many test kits do you have right now? What do you say to the people with flu symptoms who come to you? What's the criteria for whether they get tested? We are working closely with uh, primary care providers and uh, physicians and other providers overall. There are two main history questions that are being obtained. One is, have you traveled recently to one of these countries that we have mentioned, or have you traveled abroad anywhere so that we can understand the extensive travel history? The same, the second major question is, have you been exposed to anyone who has been known to have COVID-19 through laboratory testing and being a confirmed or a presumptive positive case. Those two questions are critical for helping primary care providers understand the best response and they're being instructed to call the Rhode Island Department of Health and we are coordinating very closely with them. Dr. Alexander Scott, uh, you said that we, um, that, that we are abiding by the CDC guidelines for testing and as you described them, this is not surveillance testing. We are not at the level uh, with two case, confirmed cases that you consider widening the testing scope. And I'm wondering, at what point do we, does it get to? What is the threshold for deciding that there is uh, necessity of surveillance testing? And is it possible that we may have wider community spread and just haven't found it out because we haven't tested yet? That's a uh, great question, Lynn. There are multiple uh, parts to that. The most effective public health prevention approach right now 
is this containment approach. The way for us to understand if there are cases out there that we may not be aware of is to engage directly as we have been doing with our health care providers. Hold on, folks. Bear with me. Again, we're at the live press briefing with the Department of Health regarding the... Our state health laboratories have worked as quickly as they have, and we're one of the few states that now has testing available locally. We have the ability, and now with the support of our CDC team, to do additional testing beyond what's needed, but want to make sure that we continue to control when that's being done. The key reason for that is for me to repeat the importance of the accuracy of the test. We need to make sure that people who get tested are only people who actually have symptoms and seem to have a presentation that is consistent with COVID-19. That is the best way for us to get the most accurate test results that we can then respond to from there. What do you say to the people who are considering canceling just regular public events here in Rhode Island? So it's an important question. We at the Rhode Island Department of Health have not recommended widespread canceling of all public events. We want to make sure, though, that people are equipped with information so that they can take into consideration how they would like to handle those events. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has a mass gathering guidance that is available, and we have been sharing it with every uh, leadership and stakeholder group that we have interacted with. It is publicly available online as well. It's an excellent tool for people to be able to reference to understand whether or not they should continue the activities that they are working towards. Um, we are only considering specific situations that we consider higher risk as ones where we may make a determination to recommend canceling of those events. But we are working um, directly with the individuals overseeing those events in those specific situations. Can I say something about that? I want to um, say a word about that. It has been reported a few minutes ago that um, Hasbro Hospital has postponed their major fundraiser for this Saturday night, which was to be, it was a gala to be held at the convention center. Uh, uh, two points I'd like to make. First, that decision to postpone, um, first of all, is one that we support, but importantly, was made after very close consultation with the Department of Health. And I offer that as a guide for others out there who are considering, should we cancel, shouldn't we cancel? Call the Department of Health. We'll help you think through it. Every one of these instances is a little bit different. And between the DOH and the CDC, we'll support you. Um, secondly, you know, in that instance, it, it was going to be 500-plus healthcare workers together in a room. So we felt we, th that it would be prudent uh, to postpone in light of where we are now. And I highlight that because I want to go back to something I said earlier. We want to make sure every Rhode Islander gets the care they deserve and is protected. We also need to protect our health care providers. 
we really have to make sure we don't get into a situation where a large number of our doctors and nurses and therapists and clinicians are themselves quarantined, which is why it is absolutely vital uh, that you call if you're feeling that you have the symptoms instead of just rushing to a clinic or a pediatrician's office or the ER. And we promise we will quickly get you um, to a place where if it is clinically required, you will be tested and you will be cared for. Thank you, Governor. Governor, quick question though. Um, there was criticism from President Trump for appointing um, Vice President Pence to lead the task force. I'm just curious, how has that relationship been? Do you think he's doing a good job? You've been in constant contact with him every day. Yes. So from my perspective, uh, he has been um, good to deal with. He's been very responsive. He's answered our questions. And from where I sit right now, uh, I think he's been doing a good job and he's been getting back to us. I, I want to thank our federal delegation for moving, swift, doing their part to move swiftly to push forward with a federal appropriation because that is absolutely going to be vital. Governor, you mentioned that there had been CDC coordination for several weeks. Did that coordination begin before or after the group from St. Ray's return? Before. Before. Well, before, yeah. I mean, the team, as the doctor said, this, is, this isn't this is a surprise, right? We've been expecting it. We've been planning for it. Uh, this is what the Department of Health does. And, again, I just can't emphasize it enough. The containment is the key. And if we can contain this and continue to buy ourselves time, that will really enable us to keep a handle on this. And I want to emphasize this again. Every single one of us really does have a role to play. I know I say that often, but in this instance, it's tr really true. Because if you think about the travel of a single person who's infected, they can pretty quickly touch hundreds of others. So we have to be very serious about what we're saying, and particularly about the self-quarantine. Did you get this team from the CDC because you had positive test results among people here, or? Um, I think so. Go ahead. Yeah, because of the schools. Yeah. Yes, so the CDC is working closely with all states and territories um, and jurisdiction. They recognize what was going on here in terms of our school involvement. Um, they knew we were doing our job and what we needed to do and saw it as an opportunity to support us as well as help try to learn more to see how we can understand more about COVID-19 and its involvement with um, students. What's helpful is the understanding that um, COVID-19 has um, more so uh, had min minimal impact on children. Children have, for the most part, remained healthy during this process. And as we have said, 80% of people with COVID-19 have had mild illness. So they recognize with the strong uh, response that we have here, there's an opportunity to support us and provide more information that will help us here in Rhode Island, but then ultimately help people nationally and internationally. Why do you suppose there's a minimal effect on children? It's something we're still learning about the virus to understand. Yes, if we have additional questions, I think we're going to have to do them in a one-off, just respectful of everyone's time. Thank you all. I need you, Grant. Thank you. All right, folks, and uh, again,
Good morning, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. You just heard the uh, very, very dramatic. Good. Uh, let's see. Uh, live press conference that we covered right here on the John DePietro show. I want to say good morning to everybody on Facebook Live, but everyone listening on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. A lot of details there with Governor Amundo, and most notably uh, an update on exactly what's been going on in the state with coronavirus. Very significant. You also heard the uh, director of health. They're insisting that they have been uh, ahead of this and up to speed on it. Obviously, the situation with St. Ray's is still very serious. You also have a situation. By the way, I have news on that St. Ray's trip that I'm going to uh, reveal in just a moment. How they believe the man, the assistant principal that has it, how he how he got it. I did uh, learn about that yesterday. But we'll tell you that. And also, uh, very, very significant, folks. And you just heard it. And we'll open up the phone lines to you on this uh, Thursday, 766 Now, repeating, we have big news today. Number one, Elizabeth Warren has dropped out of the race. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has dropped out of the presidential race. So that sets up the big showdown for next Tuesday in Michigan between uh, Senator Bernie Sanders and former Vice President Joe Biden. But aside from that, getting back to Rhode Island with the coronavirus, uh, very significant. This Saturday night, Hasbro Children's Hospital was set to have their annual big fundraising Hasbro ball. I've attended this in the past. I have raised over $1 million for Hasbro. It is canceled. The Hasbro ball for this Saturday night at the convention center is canceled. The Raimondo administration also insisting that if you suspect you have it, Stay home in your house for 14 days. Now, that's a very long time. You heard some reporters asking her about that. But right now, um, the situation in Rhode Island with the coronavirus seems to be contained to those that went on the trip to to St. Ray's. There are some people. You had the Brown University professor. There are also the governor announced, Governor Mundo announced that they uh, are asking all schools if you have any type of trip plan not to go. And they're extending this that if for whatever reason you uh, you feel you may have come in contact with it as this virus is spreading, that you should stay home and not Im- immediately go into an, uh, an emergency room. So uh, really more of the same. I would say that Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, to me, seemed to have a little more details and information. But at least it's a start with the Raimondo campaign. All right, 766-1380. Now, we're going to bring you up to speed on that. Obviously, the Elizabeth Warren situation, uh, her dropping out, that makes um, really, I mean, this is the battle coming up now between Senator Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. So we're going to talk about that. Our legal expert, Tim Dodd, is going to join me coming up at 1 o'clock. But as far as, um, uh, I'll get I'll get to exactly what's going to be happening with the, the next round. Michigan is the big one. And then also, um, let's see. Well, we'll get to some of the other dates. But that's, let's see, six. There's actually a Kentucky caucus. But Michigan, that's real the battleground. So coronavirus. Uh, also, last night, we have information about Matty Yellow seen with his... Uh, um, uh, Chief of Staff Leo Skenyon, who certainly is in trouble, will tell you about that. But the big news is this Ramundo press conference. Governor Ramundo having a press conference, trying to brief everyone, trying to uh, calm nerves a little bit. But Rhode Island definitely behind the eight ball. And that was also a rear compliment, rear compliment with uh, the Governor Ramundo actually praised Vice President Mike Pence, which that's the first time I've ever heard that. She said she has spoken to him and he's been very, very responsive. So uh, certainly making news 
on this Thursday. Let me just double check. I always like to do a, a quick check of those. Again, if you're on Facebook, it's John DePietro Show on Facebook and like to uh, check in. There we go. Check in with people. There's uh, Bill Manzo. Hi there, Bill Manzo. There's Kevin. Hola, Ryan. People, uh, let's see. There's Kevin. There's Chris. Haven't we heard this speech before? It is true. Yeah, blaming the media. Hola, Ryan. Uh, how dare Gina cut in? That's right. That's all right. Hey, you know what I felt, folks? It shows my commitment to, um, to is it uh, true this time? I really do not so we'll leave a message and we'll get back to you. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Uh, leave us a message. We'll get back to you. And on top of that, now, I'll tell you more about St. Ray's. I don't know why. The media did not address the fact. And again, folks, I can't do both things. I can't be here and be there. I don't know why. All those questions and, uh, well, not a lot of questions, but no one even asked the fact. No one. How is this possible? Now, again, I, maybe I'll go back and listen to it, but no one asked that the, the director of health says that when they were speaking to St. Ray's, that Italy was not on the list of um, places to be careful of. But that's completely patently false. By the time the people got back from the trip from St. Ray's, there was a massive outbreak in Rome, terrible outbreak in Rome. And, and overseas, the European, the uh, semesters abroad, they were already sending the kids back. So this thing still stems from, uh, granted, it, it seems right now to be set at St. Ray's. And I learned yesterday, by the way, how did the virus spread to this person, the man that works at St. Ray's, and now a student has it, and then a third person confirmed from that trip, how exactly did he get it? Because apparently not everyone else, thank God, on the trip has it. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But, folks, I want to remind you about our friends at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, tonight, President Trump is doing a town hall meeting, town hall meeting tonight at 630 on Fox and President Trump is doing this, and you can watch it. And you know it would be great if you are, in fact, a Trump supporter. Why not stop by Ron's Pastry Gourmet? Stop by Ron's Pastry Gourmet, and you can pick up uh, some Trump pastry. So then you could be enjoying. You could, uh, let me pull up some of the photos. Uh, you could be enjoying, enjoying it as you're watching it, and you could have, this makes a, um, here we go. That's the one I want, right? Yeah, there we go. Uh, how about, I'm going to show you, first of all, making Ron's Pastry Gourmet is, uh, right in Providence, making pastry great again. And let me just show you some of the, uh, here's a nice one. Folks, you can also call and, uh, order some. Call them at 228-7099, 228-7099. There's President Trump ordering some Trump pastry, Ron and Melissa, from Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, there are hours. They're open today, 7 to 2. Fridays 7 to 6, Saturdays 8 to 2, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday 7 to 2. So today 7 to 2, Friday 7 to 6. But stop in and you can get some delicious Trump pastry to watch the town hall meeting tonight. How does that sound? Or if you know of someone who's a Trump supporter, stop in. Now look for their Facebook page. They have a Facebook page, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And you can see, how about those delicious brownies? 45 and Make America Great Again brownies. Uh, they're just delicious, and I tried some over the weekend. Ron's Pastry Gourmet is open, and they have the special uh, snack pack, so why not stop in? And then tonight, when you're watching the president and you're uh, watching his town hall meeting, you can enjoy some Trump pastry from Ron's Pastry Gourmet, only one in the country that has it. 
and Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off Silver Spring Street next to AAA. It's Ron and Melissa, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. Here is their Facebook page. I'm holding it up to those watching on Facebook Live. Let's see some thumbs up. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make sure you like their Facebook page, and you can see all those photos, and then you can call them as well. All right, it's Sean DePietro. We have a lot to get to, a lot more ahead on this on this Thursday. Uh, hold on. And a lot more ahead on this Thursday. Perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is a perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Hey, folks, remember, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body. That's right. It's Kenny. It's Patricia. It's your vehicle. If you ever find yourself in an accident, call West Fountain Auto Body. Did someone hit your car? Someone hit your vehicle? Call West Fountain Auto Body today. 272-3340. Remember, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right, folks, and we're back on this Thursday. Good morning, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. Weekdays. Now, remember, you can email me, John, at DePietro.com. I'm asking all listeners, make sure you visit the website, DePietro.com. Now, you can uh, listen live on the website and then also if you ever miss i'm holding up on facebook live if you ever miss any portion of the show first of all you just click on the listen live button but if you ever miss any portion of the show you just go to radio show which is right there and then click on that and then every hour is documented jeff does a great job with that and then folks if you want to contact me and also we have one or two slots open if you'd like to advertise on the program why not support the chosen one why not say you know what i'd love to uh, reach out and support the chosen one program that i enjoy go to the website depetro.com this portion of the john depetro show is brought to you by mega professionals uh we just got a call just a short time ago someone said uh what is in fact the staffing service that juan talks about well i'm talking about mega mega professionals 508 508- 336 7801 for MEGA professionals. They can help you with workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend workers, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals. Listen, you don't have time. You're running a business. You don't have time to screen out all these people. Call MEGA professionals. They'll do it for you. 508 336-7801, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, MEGA, MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801. All right, Tim Dodd, our legal expert, is going to join me coming up at 1. Now, 
Next hour, to start off, I'll tell you how I learned how the man at St. Raphael's Academy, how exactly he did, in fact, get the coronavirus. I'll tell you about it. It's interesting. I have it exclusively next. And we'll talk about Elizabeth Warren's out of the race and a lot more in the latest on Matty Ello and the Grand Jury. We're going to break for the 12 o'clock news. Come back on the John DePietro Show. UNRI Woonsocket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-R-I.